Good night, wherever you are, whatever shift you're working, whatever continent. Well, I guess you're whatever on. shift you're working, it's always good morning, no matter what time. That's of exactly day. right. <laughs> I am Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews, and you're here for another episode of Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome back. We're so glad to have you. Welcome. We're, we're just coming off of another recording, and we're really excited to have a more lighthearted discussion today. Uh, today's episode. Uh, sorry for all you ladies out there. Today's episode <laughs> is dedicated to the mercies of America and the world because we are international now. So, uh, the mercies of the world. Mercies of the world. Do you like being called mercies? I think they do because they have their own like Facebook groups called mercies. I don't know. That's, I want to find out. I need a poll. Do you have merce? Do you have merce friends? I have many merce friends. And do you call them Merces? No. You don't? don't. Oh, I call them Merces all the time. They never argue back. Okay, well, great. But that's a great... <laughs> I'll, well, I'll that's take a, a great, quick little poll. That's, that's a great thing about Merces is they just... They're like, whatever. Don't let it happen. All right. So <laughs> I, we've gotten some feedback that people want us to chit-chat a little bit and go more gently into the episodes, but that's just not our style. <laughs> Easy like, the episode a little bit, but nah. No, let's just rack it out, man. <laughs> let's just get to the well, point. Listen, we're busy. You're busy. Let's go. Yeah. Merces. And go. Um, so I will start off by saying, well, first, if anybody doesn't know what a merce is, let's define That's that. Fair. Just in, just just in, in case. case. Uh, a merce is a male nurse. <laughs> and they're a special breed um, in good ways, I think, for the most part. Now... In fairness, before we get into this episode, I'm going to say that there are always exceptions to the rule, mm-hmm. including with Merces. Some of them are just bitches. That's true. Um, but not all. Um, so we'll get going and I will start us off by talking about the fact that now I recognize that nurses in general compromise probably 90% of the nursing workforce. And so I mean no disrespect to female nurses around the world, as I am one also, but I just want to talk about the fact that male nurses just tend to be so much easier to work with. And I don't know if that is my thing because I've been the type of person who like I've always had some female friends like obviously you're a female friend of mine and we get along very well mm-hmm. but in general I've always gotten along with guys better well you're one of those so I don't yeah I am you got something <laughs> to say about it no nothing at all continue <laughs> so, so I that's just been my personality so I don't know if that kind of colors how I feel about the male nurse in general, but I will say working in a predominantly female environment, there are so many occasions where something I've said has gotten taken the wrong way and I've gotten called into an office about it. And it's really super annoying because I don't want to walk on eggshells when I go to my job and I feel like people need to lighten up. That being said, that is coming from females. 
And I feel like females tend to be really sensitive about stuff that is not necessary to be sensitive about. And when I'm working with my male nurse friends, we can joke and goof around with the best of them. And there's, there's no hard feelings about it. It's just, we're just together joking and having a good time. And the other thing I will say is in my experience, now granted, this is a very unilateral view of the world, but in my experience, male nurses tend to be a lot more flexible. So if you alter their assignment or you do something that most other nurses would moan and groan about, you rarely hear a complaint from them. They're just like, yeah, whatever. They just seem so much more laid back. In general, I definitely agree. Although I, when I think of like two of the worst, most <laughs> inflexible, horrible, nasty, sensitive nurses I've ever worked with, they actually both were male. So that's not really, a yeah. But that maybe was just a specific setting. Um, but in general, I absolutely agree, and. I think that what it, what's important about it is the balance of it. And, um, like, their presence on the unit works symbiotically with the rest of the dynamics, and that's what creates a better setting. And, like, when... Because I, I noticed when one of my good friends left the unit to go, um, go elsewhere, everyone was a lot... Like, male and female, but mostly female, were, like, a lot snippier with each other and it's like I think he was like really the and he's listened so hello you know who you are um (laughs) hi he he really was like the peacekeeper in a lot of ways and part of that was just kind of his laissez-faire like it'll be fine like everyone relax about it it'll be fine like you know we'll we'll take it on together kind of attitude and I really appreciated Mm. that and really like his influence was crucial to making me like the nurse that I am today truly he was Mm-hmm. And I try and channel that energy when I'm feeling like a lunatic, which is frequently. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like when I'm looking back at my nursing career, I've always, like, in every place I've worked, I, when I think of, like, who my absolute favorite people were to work with, they were all guys. Yeah. I, I think mean, they have a you. tough but, gig, too. For sure, Jeez, but you can expand Pete. upon that. Um, I mean, I think working with all of us is a challenge in itself. <laughs> That's like living in a household with like 17 sisters that are all in their period <laughs> exactly at the same time. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yes. And, and to like the, the, um, cause my father is a nurse and then he went on to be a CRNA and I asked him once, I was like, why didn't you stay at the bedside? And he's obviously um, quite a bit older. And he said, well, it wasn't, it was so taboo for me to be there in the first place. And he didn't, he wasn't interested in staying in that. And so he went and got the advanced degree to do, you know, other things. Um, yeah. You know, and like, well, why are you, in, you know, I feel like they get questioned more than female nurses do about why they're a nurse which is insulting at baseline but it's especially insulting when it's like well you're male so why are you a nurse well not to mention the fact that when they walk into the room everybody automatically assumes they're the doctor right but nonetheless that's a whole like cultural issue about roles of men versus roles roles of women yeah yeah 
but I don't know. It's it's an interesting commentary because I think that stigma of male nurses is definitely changing. I mean, we have like there are so many more ner- males going into nursing these days. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's interesting. There's one place I work where there is almost an entire floor of male nurses. Like I was going in to get my um it was like time for fit testing for, you know, TB fit testing mm-hmm. and I walked into employee health and there was like a whole lobby full of male nurses. They were all from the same floor and they were all coming to get their fit test on at the same time. That's so funny. And I'm just like, I was the only female in there. It was very bizarre. That's a very, un- very unusual feeling. Yeah, it was a very unusual feeling. I mean, whatever, it's fine. But it was just like, holy bro code right now. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I wonder too, like I do feel, and this might be a huge generalization, but hello, welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> it feels like they are in higher numbers in ER and I mean I would say and ICU. Now that's yeah, not sure. not at all to belittle the great vast number of them that are not. Um of course. and a vast majority that I've worked with have not been of course cuz I was a tech in the ER, I wasn't a nurse. But right. um when I I worked night shift and I would often be the only female in the entire ER doctors and nurses combined and so that was a little challenging because as we talked about i think in another episode like anytime you had to be the chaperone for an exam or something it's like i was running from room to room trying to do that i think the reality of that is comes down to you know the men tend to choose the more adrenaline inducing roles uh, or they feel like they have to. Which, no, I, I mean, I don't think that they feel... I mean, I'm making wild suppositions because I'm not a man and I don't know what they're thinking. But I don't think that they feel like they have to choose those roles. I just think that it, they're more drawn to it. Like, you don't see a lot of men in labor and delivery, you know? Not to say that it doesn't happen, but it tends to be, like, women are more nurturing and, you know, it's more of a natural... I, um, my clinical in OB was half men and, um, they had a lot of trouble because the women wouldn't let them in the room. Yeah. And so I, well, can, can you imagine being a male nurse on a labor and delivery unit and then you're going in and you're like, well, I'm going to do your vaginal exam now, you know, tons (laughs) of male gynecologists, which is always a little strange. uh, Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's different. Even in today's society, there's so many more women gynecologists and there's a lot more women saying, I prefer a female gynecologist than a male gynecologist. Well, patients are taking their autonomy in a whole different way now, which is a good thing, but because it used to be only like back in the day like and by the day i mean many 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 decades ago where well maybe not that many honestly um there were only male doctors it was only an option right, for, men, for men to go to school so right. you didn't have a choice well now of course you have more choices than ever right sure unless you're insurance so, you know <laughs> <laughs> right but but that being said so i think people understood that you were getting a male gynecologist right you know, back in the day. And so it was more, it never, honestly, I've had male gynecologists, I've had female gynecologists, and I don't know, it never felt completely natural 
to have a male gynecologist for mm-hmm. me. And I will tell you, I will tell you, it was not comfortable talking to them about my female problems, not because I was unwilling to share, but it's because you can't relate to what I'm going through in any way, shape, or form. Which is funny because if I go Just to like, a doctor for liver cancer and he hasn't had liver cancer, he can't relate to that. I'm not disagreeing because I feel the exact same way, but there's something about the privacy aspect of it and the taboo nature of it that, that rings truer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right about that because honestly, if I go to an orthopedic surgeon that's never broken a bone, it's the same thing, you know? No, they they have bones in a way that like a male doesn't (laughs) have a uterus, so he can't speak to it. And we can have a different discussion, a whole, another whole podcast about male doctors historically and statistically not taking their female patients as seriously and therefore females going underdiagnosed in a wide variety of um, conditions because of it. Sure. But sorry, that's so not what we're fucking talking about right now. We're talking about <laughs> no, but our fabulous on friends. the flip side, on the flip side of that though, if you have a patient come into the ER, uh, a male patient that has some sort of like testicular or scrotal or penile problem, those doctors are all over it, like delauded for them, <laughs> you know, like. And then you have a girl coming in with like hemorrhagic cysts, and they're like, "Ah, oh, suck it up, Buttercup," you know. And, <laughs> And you're just like, eh. or, or God, oh my God, the Bartholin cyst. Holy crap. Oh my God. Do you know? Yes. Okay. So these docs, they all want to cut open the Bartholin cysts in the ER. And I'm sorry Mm-mm. if I have, I've never had a Bartholin cyst, but if I ever had one, you're taking me to the OR. Like I am not consenting to that. You cutting me open in my vagina in the middle of the ER. Like, no way. And they would never cut a dude's scrotum in the ER. No. They'd, they'd call right, in so the plastic surgeon on call in the middle of the night to make that happen. <laughs> they'd be like, we can't have his balls looking abnormal. <laughs> Do your best work, Doc. <laughs> make them pretty. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even with you right now. Um... Yes, so we've gotten off of the MERS topic and onto uh, societal norms and <laughs> we expectations. We fell right into the trap. The trap door flipped right open on us. Um, but anyway, so male nurses, yes, they, I think they do tend to choose ICU and ER to your point. Well, and so I was thinking about this when we were talking about, you know, getting ready for this this episode. Um, I remember my, one of my aunts telling me in her nursing class... There were two males in the entire class. Now, I don't know how big it was, but let's say for the sake of this that it was 100 people. Okay. Because um, I know she went to a bigger school. There's, I think it was their senior year. The president and vice president were those two boys. Yeah, I, rem- I remember you telling me that. Like We've talked about this 98 before. 98 women and the two you choose to represent the entire class are the two boys. Now, of course, I'm sure everyone knew who they were. Again, that falls on the commentary of gender roles in our society. I know, it does. I'm sure they were lovely. <laughs> I'm sure they were deserving of it. That's not about this. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> they're not representative of the class and like how are we contributing to it by you know doing that. 
well, I can't make judgment on what they were thinking or how were they contributing because I don't know them or their class. Come on. But I mean, obviously, they, it's just funny. It yes, funny. they were like best friends in nursing school. Yeah. Like, hey, let's be president. <laughs> they and were allies and we'll in this, this show. dealing with those 98 lunatics. I'm just kidding. Yep. I'm sure they that were all are all on too, their but... period at the yeah. same time. <laughs> Listen, if it's anything like my nursing class, we were psycho. Again, that comes back to a lot of nurses. And let's let's put this back in the hospital setting. Mm-hmm. So when I'm rounding on the units and I go around, I see when, when people are not crazy busy in the middle of the night, everybody is hanging out at the nurse's station. And it is... This is very true of what I'm seeing in my hospital. So right now I have, I don't know, probably eight or nine male nurses in my hospital. Now I work at a smaller hospital. So um, as I'm rounding and I go see everybody hanging out the desks, it's all the ladies. It's the female nurses, the nursing assistants, the charge nurses. They're all hanging out at the desk chit-chatting and that's fine whatever and then I'll continue rounding and I will see the male nurses sitting like with their wows down the hall near their patients rooms Mm -hmm. now they might be watching movies for all I know I don't really know I don't care but every single one of them does it they all sit by themselves they do their own thing and I don't know if they do that because they feel left out mm-hmm. or or they want because to be they're left out. they want to be they don't want to be involved in what's happening at the nurse's station mm-hmm. um probably a little bit of both maybe it's a little bit of both but it's just, it's it's so weird to me to see because it is there is definitely a split in how in the behavior yeah and I mean, I do think that, like, when you have, especially if there's not that many uh, male nurses, like, on your unit, you know, whatever shift you're working, like, they do, especially at night, though, when you have, you know, the camaraderie is a little different, you, mm-hmm. the, the, because, especially because they're nurses, and there's something so refreshing about being able to talk to a man without feeling like you have to censor yourselves, because God forbid they think something about your body is gross, and it's like, mm-hmm. I can, yes, like, females poop like let's be done talking about it and (laughs) from that you know like from every difficult conception to the vivid vivid detail of childbirth and like they just take it in stride in a way that Mm -hmm. I very much appreciate and Mm -hmm. it's so it's so nice to like have the male energy be present and not have to censor it in that way like that's what I love about it but I do think like that's why I think wonder if it, maybe it's a choice because like we'll say whatever we'll say whatever they're welcome to be there I don't know any I don't know any female nurse that'd be like I don't want to talk about it with him around yeah that's true unless they're real prudish but like I have never I don't know very many prudish nurses no there's not, not too, many. too many you really can't get away with that and, and be successful well we just deal with so many bodily functions on a yeah. daily basis well everything is so normal like you just have to know that this is what the body does um okay on the flip side so this is what i see rounding the men down the hall keeping to themselves however flip that up when i work in the er's and there's a group of guys on together it is instantly like bro code honestly (laughs) they're like 
They're having they're a like good together night. talk talking about their workouts and like wearing matching t shirts and I don't know. And some days I'm just like, all right, dudes, like, stop taking over well, my Good for them job. for having the camaraderie that we have naturally just by, you know, showing up to work. I don't know. I, I it's I, To me, though, I feel like in that regard, I feel like they're a little bit taking over because it's kind of like, like that example with 100 students, two male, their president and vice president. Like, what is... That says... A ton. Totally does. And so you look at, you look at the hospital setting, I feel like male nurses tend to get promoted more frequently. Um, They get put into charge roles more frequently. And maybe that is a commentary on the fact that they don't engage in the drama and things like that. Mm-hmm. But also, they're taking promotions you know, away from women who maybe have been doing it a lot longer than them. I feel at war because on the one hand, obviously, I want women to be promoted into leadership roles whenever is appropriate and possible. But on the other hand, knowing nurses the way that I do, I really sometimes like when the chill even, you know, guy gets promoted. Now, if it's a chill even gal, please. Like, by all means, but... I am not an advocate of promoting women for the sake of promoting women. I am an advocate of promoting the right person for the job. Yeah. I just think... Well, and just because someone's a good buffer person doesn't mean they're a good leader. Well, I mean, that's true, but... Like, I'm saying that, like, like to support what you're saying, like, they... Like, to have a, a man promoted above it, above a woman just because he's like chill and a buffer person or whatever like him not engaging with the drama is not going to work in a leadership position where you have to engage with the drama well there's a difference in being in a leadership position and engaging in the drama from a from like a sorted out type of leadership position to engaging in the drama as like i'm an active participant no i don't mean that i mean the first one well i know you mean the first one but i'm just saying like i feel like I feel like that tends to be more what men do is they don't engage in the drama to be an active participant. Whereas women tend to engage. Why do women engage in so much drama? I don't know. And maybe we're alienating everybody by saying it, but like y'all do. We all do it. Well, there's, We'll, we'll pretend that every one of our listeners is the exception to the rule and none of them <laughs> engage in the drama. Because there's always exceptions. And so the drama is everybody else except our listeners because they're rational people that listen to a really great podcast. Exactly true. I mean, I've definitely (laughs) fallen victim to it on more than one occasion. It's easy. I mean, yes, it's very easy to. Dangerously easy. Well, and I'm telling you what, I, you know, the saying loose lips sink ships. I just try to keep that in my brain because, you know. I'm in a position of administration now mm-hmm. in a small hospital. Yeah. And so I hear so much. Well, I just hear so much stuff. And part of it is like, you know, like when you and I, we've talked about this before, when you and I would have conversations about coworkers, it was never meant to be like malicious conversation, but sometimes we would, it would be kind of gossipy mm-hmm. and it, it never meant to be gossipy, but it ended up being gossip, you know? And so right, and you and I are a safe space have, with one another, but like, 
that wasn't always yeah, true but you with never some know. of our other coworkers who we know right. immediately went and gabbed it all around. Right. But you just never know who... You just never know who you've got a safe space with. Yeah, and it's hard to, it is hard to know who to trust. And, like, I think we get real loose-lipped, to use your term. Um, <laughs> we're sinking ships all over the hospital because I think we do, especially, like, you know, late at night, real cozy. Like, it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of just start the bitching. Oops, I've insulted someone's, you know, best work friend right when that friend is sitting right there and like kind of forgot who I was around or whatever. Like, I mean, it's just, it's not, you know, not always your finest, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah. And I definitely feel like I've gotten better at that because of my role. And so I've tried to be a lot more cognizant of that, but bringing it back to the dudes, um, I don't think, I don't feel like gossip is inherently in their nature. No, I agree. And like, by all means, if if we're totally off the mark, like let us know. And like this is obviously are huge generalizations, but I'm we're both only going off of like every single, almost every single interaction I've ever had. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's been very consistent. Yeah, well, like for example, one of my my honestly my favorite favorite like male nurse friends who was probably my favorite nurse friend in general that I've worked with alongside besides you um is like when we would talk we would talk about so much stuff but it was never about other people Mm -hmm. never never we never discussed other people ever I mean we talk about like my husband his wife um, you know, there are kids. Yeah, but not about your coworkers. Like it wasn't for never, that. never yeah. about coworkers. I like that. I admire ever. That. Yeah, it just it honestly it just never even came up as as a topic of conversation, and so I have to feel like in now of course I'm extrapolating that to every male nurse in the country, um, but I have to feel like that is probably how male conversations go you know it's so hard for you and i to speak on this topic I mean, totally. because neither one of us is male talk about and we're mad know, that the male gynecologist doesn't have a uterus all these men listening are probably like shut up <laughs> well i mean we don't want you to tune out but you're welcome to you're but welcome really to. you you should join us because we're just talking about how much we like you so this is like you want to talk about male ego boost i mean yeah, let's make sure your heads can fit through the door at clock in time okay <laughs> My mom told me once, um, I, th- I don't remember why we were talking about it, but she said, I've found that uh, male nurses tend to fall into two categories, your chill best friend or a total cowboy who you don't even want to talk to. Well, I can definitely see that because there are plenty of cowboys that are like chauvinistic, condescending. Totally. Now, obviously, they fall into far more categories than two. Come well, on, sure. mom. Stupid. But... <laughs> The cowboy thing is definitely real. And maybe that's what you see more in, like, the ED and the ICU. But I would say the cowgirls, the cow women, whatever, mm-hmm. um, are just as rampant. Now, maybe I just notice the cowboys more because I'm sensitive to the chauvinistic, misogynistic bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's certainly been plenty of ED and ICU, just to be generalization for those two that we're talking about right now. Um, female nurses who I'm like, oh my God, literally get over yourself. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have something funny to share with you on that cowboy note. So I'm going to preface this by saying this gentleman is like the sweetest guy in the world and he is very well intentioned. Okay? okay. But this guy, he's an ICU nurse and he has, you know how a lot of people, well, maybe not. A lot of, like, really experienced nurses will wear fanny packs that have, like, everything you might need. Sure. Right? Yes. You've seen, you know the I'm nurse a, I'm I've talking about, seen right? Them, yes. <laughs> Worked with a few. Okay. So, this gentleman has created a uh, tactical belt Christ. that he wears around his waist. Okay. And it has literally, like, tactical pockets all the way around. And so, instead of a fanny pack, it's it's like a police belt, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it has literally pockets for your trauma shears, your flushes, your, I mean, just everything that you could ever want, your pen light, your, you know, just everything all the way around. But it, when you talk about cowboy, I just picture this dude walking oh, onto the totally. ICU <laughs> with his hands on his hips because it almost looks like, it, cause it almost looks like a holster, a holster. belt, his you know? His little spurs clicking on the back of his dance gowns. Yes. And so he walks out of the unit with this like tactical belt and it's that he built and put together on his own in order to be prepared in a time of emergency and crisis. That's so funny. And blesses her, blesses her for doing so, but he's like the epitome of like just the look of a cowboy, not yeah. the personality of like a, a cowboy, but it's, that just totally reminded me of that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. Some of my male nurse friends have started going the NP route now. Yeah. Um, which I'm sad to see them leave the bedside in that regard. Me too, but I hope they can impact leadership in a good way if they're going to do it. Yeah, but becoming an NP doesn't make you a leader. I think it makes you... I think it does. Maybe not in a huge way. But I think if you're like taking care of a patient as their APP and you're like you got my experience with APPs has been that they help guide the practice a little bit so the attendings the whole point of having them is so that they have to be less hands-on with the patients so the APPs assessment guides all of that and then it impacts the team below it I hear what you're saying but I would still argue that that doesn't make them a leader I mean it just makes them an APP (laughs) all right we can have that debate another episode (laughs) Because I think they are, and when and when you notice that they're not a good APP, particularly, it comes down to a lack of that quality. But we can talk. Uh, we can talk about that later. Yeah, time. this is definitely conversation for APPs, which we do need to have a podcast about. Yeah. <laughs> and also, that falls in the category of idiot providers. Eh, the the recap, although some are great, so that's what I'm saying. Some are some are great. Yeah, but I I don't. I personally don't feel like what makes them great or not great has anything to do with leadership ability. I think it has to do with how they approach a patient and what their clinical experience and knowledge is um, that makes them make or break them as APPs. Well, we'll see. Um, Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, diametrically opposed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway... Anyway, so yeah, with male nurses, I just, in general, I enjoy having them around. I find that they're a breath of fresh air from the uh, the drama that tends to be, you know, female. 
You know, the other thing, the other thing with women nurses versus male nurses, and maybe, maybe this is part of what I appreciate because this is more how I am by nature is if I have a problem, I'm going to address it with you directly right then and there. Whereas I feel like a lot of females avoid confrontation. And so they go behind your back and like email managers and say, well, so-and-so did this and but like a dude just going to come up and be like, that was uncalled for. Yeah, or, I agree with that. I think, that, you I know, think that's just, a good assessment. Like, people might not want to hear it. And yeah. listen, if you are offended by what she just said, you're one of them. And you need to learn how to have better communication. Sorry. But I agree with you. And, like, I think often... Because um, even, like, that this one nurse, male nurse in particular who... he, I mean, he had a personality disorder. So, like, that was a whole, a whole thing. It wasn't necessarily because he was male that he was a problem. Um, sure. but one thing I will say is that you were able to have a confrontation with him right on the fucking spot. <laughs> now it involved him screaming in your face, which is inappropriate. However, right. he would respond to power back. And so if you stood up to him and stood up for yourself and said, you know, you don't get like, maybe not, you don't get to speak to me that way. Cause he wasn't going to receive that very well, but like to have you could have that conversation right then and there and it wasn't it didn't drag on for weeks i guess is what i mean whereas like yeah. any, you hear about other things that it's like oh she said something three weeks ago that hurt my feelings i finally went to management yeah. now it's being brought up as something that was said to her and yeah. and you don't even remember what like, it was because it's so are you long talking ago about yes and it's like yeah. oh, well we could have addressed it when i knew what we were talking about i don't even have an example i'm just like saying you know right it it makes it harder to have any kind of, and, and it makes it harder to have a good working relationship with those people because what am I going to say tonight that in a month I'm going to hear about again? And then meanwhile, we've worked right. a thousand shifts together in the past month. And, and you said nothing. You said nothing. But right. like, if that was in a, like a had... relationship with like your husband or wife, like that shit wouldn't fly. You don't get to pretend right. that we're cool. And then later be like, remember what you said a month ago? That really hurt my feelings. No. Right. Oh, you had your opportunity to I, say that. It's too late. You got to forget it now. Yeah. I had a situation like this. So I had um, a fill in charge was working one night and we were very, very short. Like we had one private room left on the unit and we had a patient that was requesting a private room. And it was like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. So the whole night was ahead of us. Right. And so the chargers called and wanted, this fill-in charge called me and wanted the private room, or said that the patient wanted the private room because her daughter was staying the night with her in a semi-private room. And I said, listen, it's 11 o'clock at night. You know, we have the whole night ahead of us. I really don't feel comfortable giving away the private room at this point in time. I said, "Um, if you want, I'd be happy to come down and talk to the family about this. Um, I said, we can absolutely offer them blankets and pillows to sleep in the lounge for the night, and then we can try to get them a private room tomorrow. Now, I feel like that's a very reasonable conversation. I said it just like that. Yeah, I was especially for in, in you fact, to I was, offer to come down, because that's not a conversation absolutely. that Charge wants to have with the family. Right, exactly. And so I said, you know, I'd be happy to come down and talk to them. And she was like, no, no, I'll talk to them. It's It's okay. And I said, okay, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. I said, okay, well, if you need anything else, just let me know. If you need me to get blankets and pillows, let me know. If if anything goes wrong in the conversation and you want me to come down, just let me know. 
I feel like that was completely reasonable. I had the conversation. I was actually on another unit when I had the conversation. And when I hung up the phone, the, per- the people on the other unit were like, wow, you handled that really well. And so I went about my life. Well, about three weeks later, I got called into my manager's office. This fill-in charge had written an email to my manager that I was extremely rude and unprofessional to her and discuss this situation and I was flabbergasted because I'm like this is that's that's not how the situation went well you've like totally apparently like you had one totally different interpretation of how a conversation went I well completely and the fact like I felt like I offered solutions I offered to you offered to be the the bad guy like let me come and then they can hate me and then that you can be the good guy absolutely and and so then to get this email, so this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. And like, if I feel like that, I, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it just, because it was a fill in charge or whatever, maybe if it was a regular charge, it wouldn't have happened. But you know, it's one of those situations where like, I feel like if that were a guy in that situation, he would have been like, he would have been like, I don't really feel comfortable with this. Yeah. Come down and deal with it. Or he would have been or, like, she was a bitch, but like whatever. And like not escalate it maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't but know. I wasn't a bitch. You well, know, that's right, the thing I is like, I, I feel like I offered so, I, so this is, this is my whole point is like, that's the kind of stuff that I just, I can't tolerate dealing with. No, and it I don't seems, fuck with any of that. That's so irritating to me. It seems, yeah, it seems like that stuff happens much less when you're dealing with men in the field than when you're dealing with women in the field. I remember that's what I'm talking. in one of the jobs we shared, um, having like not a great convo with this with this charge who was a guy and he called me back a few minutes later and was like i didn't like how that went and i was like i didn't either like we literally we don't even really know each other that well but we talked it out mm-hmm. and i remember feeling very relieved because like obviously it's not a good feeling when you've had to scold somebody yeah. or whatever but of course i appreciated that very much although i do have a i, I think about this all the time i had a female coworker, and um one of the pain nurses on like the you know the consulting team came mm-hmm. to see a patient at her request because um the, something was wrong with the epidural um we used epidurals for pain management i wasn't on no b floor but mm-hmm. they use them for uh, in uh combination with the pca to add for to, sure. you know for pain control and mm-hmm. um this painter she's just kind of a bitch just in general like a baseline and she came and i don't know what she said to the patient but she really really upset the patient whatever it was and the nurse was so mad that she had handled the situation like that that she called her on the phone, explained, like, her side of it, and was like, you need to come back right now and apologize to this patient, and if you don't, I'm escalating this up. Mm-hmm. And the nurse came back well, and, like, good. and she, you know, she apologized, and, and she sought out my friend and said, you know, whatever she said, bad night, whatever it is, and, and my friend was like, I respect that and I appreciate you for coming back. I appreciate you being receptive. However, you know that that's not acceptable and I shouldn't have had to have Mm -hmm. done any of these things. But I was like, you know, I was thinking to myself, I was a brand new nurse and I was like, oh man, she is so mature Mm -hmm. and like brave. I feel like I would have just told my manager in the morning about how like unprofessional it was. Well, that would have been equally unprofessional to like not address it yourself. Right. But I think that's a problem in the in the healthcare system is that's exactly what I'm talking about is I think that there's so many people afraid of direct confrontation. Confrontation doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, it not can at just all. be it's addressing a... a situation in real yes, time. Another word for and it is it can... just communication. 
Yes. And it can be very healthy. You know, like if I have a problem with something you did and I pull you aside in the proper way, not in front of other people, but I pull you aside. I'm like, look, I really didn't appreciate that. It made me feel this way. I felt it was unprofessional. And you can verbalize your side of it at that point, too. And we don't need to get management involved. We can just address the situation. Mm -hmm. And so bringing it back into the male nurses, I feel like that happens more frequently with male nurses than does the females. And of course, there are plenty of females out there that are doing it like that. Um, It just is not the majority of female nurses. So it's just a difference in men versus women. And, you know, of course, like we've said, there's always exceptions to every rule. I mean, it's about the type of energy that they're bringing to the unit. And like, not it's not even like a male female thing across the board i think it's like the type of personalities drawn to be nurses mm-hmm. and what that can look like when we're all in combination with one another and listen i'm one mm-hmm. of them i've probably had many an eye roll <laughs> over the years <laughs> i am one of them and like you know having zero chill is hard like you have to yeah. have to reel yourself in sometimes yeah yeah it's a work in progress yeah. All right. On that note, um, we have reached the end of our time. Um, Of course, as usual, we did digress a little bit, but all important stuff. So it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um, But to close the loop on everything, um, we do love our male nurses. And we're so glad that you've become a part of the field of nursing. We think in general, no, not always, but in general, you guys bring a lot Uh, to the table. You contribute a lot to the field of nursing and we appreciate you and we're glad that you're here. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, You guys uh, have a beautiful week. Uh, If you have any feedback, as always, you can uh, email us at nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com. Hit us up on Insta at nursecoffeetalk. Have a beautiful week and we'll speak again. Bye. Bye.